Hi, everybody. Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Lockdown Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, and welcome into another episode of the Lockdown Blue Devils podcast. My name is J.J. Jackson. Thank you so much for listening to us or watching us here today, wherever you get your podcasts. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. I'm on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore. Be sure to follow and subscribe to Lockdown Blue Devils for free wherever you get your podcast. A daily show talking about everything going on in the life of Duke Athletics. The spring sports season has started for the Blue Devils out on the baseball field, the softball diamond. We talk about the lacrosse teams. Spring football is right around the corner. I mean, it's a busy time in the life of Duke Athletics, and we're discussing all of it here on the program. On today's episode, I'm super thrilled to have my good pal Steve Wiseman from the Raleigh News and Observer joining me on the program once again to talk about these last few games here for Duke. Steve, the time is greatly appreciated. Hope you're doing well, my friend. I am. It is a busy time. It's uh, busy is good, though. Yes. It's uh, it's great when March is approaching and we're getting that feeling of of uh, the excitement uh, that's yet to come. All right. So big picture right out of the gates here. I mean, three games left in the season. Where is this Duke basketball team at today? You take that question how you will. Where is this Duke basketball team right now? Well, they're, they're playing as well as they have at any time this season. I think you can clearly make that argument. They've won three games in a row. They uh, it would have been four uh, had the Virginia game gone maybe the way it should have. That's a whole, that's a whole thing. That's a whole segment in itself, isn't it? Um, the Virginia game. But uh, anyway, so you think about, you know, when they lost to Miami and that was such an awful loss, that 22 point loss that beat down in South Florida, but they've, 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 they've passed the ball better since then. They've shot better. Uh, they've gotten better shots, I guess. And they, they've made more of them. Um, they're still playing really strong defense. Uh, continue to rebound well. Um, you know, Whitehead has proven to be more of a factor. Uh, he, he shot the ball tremendously well a lot of games, four or three corners against Syracuse. So, um, you know, it seems like they're, they're, they, they're figuring out who they are. And it sounds weird to say that in late February. But right. the path of this team, that's what's led it to because of all the injuries and illnesses and people being out, that kind of stuff, and some, some really poor performances in, in January. Uh, they've gotten to where, now to where they, they kind of know a little bit more about who they are and um, they're ready to go forward uh, in these important games. Yeah, a couple of games left on the season before we jump into the ACC tournament and, of course, the NCAA tournament after that. Virginia Tech uh, and then a game against NC State next Saturday, uh, the big showdown, of course, between Duke and North Carolina at the Dean Dome. Virginia Tech, a team that Duke has already seen this season in Blacksburg. What was kind of the difference in that game, you think, Steve? Well, you know, uh, well, that's the game Whitehead got hurt seven right. minutes to go. So uh, that's that's the, that was the big takeaway from that game. That was also the game where Kyle Filipowski got hit in the throat, if you remember, <laughs> and uh, there was no no foul called because it was an accident. Um, again, what a weird play! Yeah, <laughs> it was a weird game. But but that those two you know major things aside, uh, Virginia Tech shot very well from three point. Hunter Couture came back. He only went back a couple of games, and then he he went off and had a big game. Uh, which he seems to do a lot against Duke, right? Yes. Back last Brooklyn and the in the championship game in the ACC tournament, um, Sean Padula played well. Grant Basile, uh was great inside. Uh, Shire remembered. I remember him talking about how they did such a poor job. Duke did defensively 
of keeping them out of the paint. And that's been something the Duke's been a pretty strong team at this year. And that was a game where they didn't do it very well. And that was in January. And as I just mentioned earlier, they were a different team in January than they are now. So uh, that's what I'm going to look for first off as the game starts Saturday night is how successful is Virginia Tech at getting in the paint. And uh, and if, if Duke stops that, can they also, you know, flash out at the three-point shooters and keep them honest as well? That's a that's a tough needle th- to thread, but that's what's being asked of them is to be able to do that. And against really good teams, they're going to have to do that very well. Zero losses at home for Duke. We talk about that a lot at Cameron Indoor Stadium. What's been the difference there, do you think? When they, you know, when they get behind, uh, they're able to rally and, and uh, get the energy from the crowd, which that's what home court advantage is about, right? Uh, if you think about the Louisville game the other night, they were down 18-9. to nine. L. Ellis came out and was hitting shots left and right like Steph Curry. He was playing great yeah. and feeling it in front of his home, you know, home crowd yeah. and everything. But uh, it's home, I mean, he's back in his hometown is what I meant to say. Uh, anyway, they had a timeout. You know, Duke got it together. They ended up, you know, taking the lead by halftime and never, you know, it was double digits the whole second half. And it was, uh, over, yeah. So, um, whereas on the road, they've gotten down in some of those situations and it's snowballed the other direction. They haven't been able to turn it around and they've lost. So, uh, that to me is the biggest difference is just the confidence they play at, the ability to, to say, okay, hang on, we got this. We could stop this, get this going. And then once they do, they get that energy behind them. And there's nothing like the camera and crowd when, when Duke gets going. Duke and Virginia Tech on Saturday at 8 p.m. Eastern start on ESPN as Duke looks for, for uh, revenge against the Hokies. We'll see if they're able to make that happen. We continue our conversation with Steve Wiseman of the Raleigh News and Observer after our first time out here on today's program. Today's show of Locked On Blue Devils is brought to you by our very good friends over at FanDuel. This is the number one sports book in America, and we love them so much. Here's why. New customers – get all access to a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores, three-point shots drained, and so much more. FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. Moving forward here on today's episode of Lockdown Blue Devils, J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Steve Wiseman from the Raleigh News and Observer. We're talking about Duke's play at home inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. I love your perspective on so many things in the life of Duke Athletics, Steve. And we're just a few weeks, days removed at this point uh, from Mike Krzyzewski, who is synonymous with Duke basketball, making his grand return to Cameron Indoor for a game, that game against Notre Dame. What was that like? Did you see that coming? I mean, wow, Coach K spending Valentine's Day of all days with his wife, Mickey, there at Cameron. Yeah, the day after his birthday. He turned 76 <laughs> the day before. Um, yeah, you know, so obviously he had not planned on coming to a game this year at Cameron. Uh, Mike Bray announcing that he was leaving Notre Dame at the end of this year is what kind of spurred that, right? I mean, he, he that that's what caused it. He went to Notre Dame's shoot-around earlier in the day and gave Mike an engraved bottle of wine with – Duke and Notre Dame logos on and all that kind of thing. And then, you know, I get to the arena and 
I start hearing from security people, other kind of stuff that like, oh, there's going to be a special visitor tonight. And he, he has a lot of wins, a lot of wins. Okay. Let's see. There's only one person that could be. So, um, you know, they, they got him seated uh, at the, on the baseline there, right in front of the band. And uh, it worked out well. Cause that's like the, where Duke's team comes out of the locker room. So he run, they run right past him. He's able to, to leave early in halftime, go back there and kind of not be bothered. And so, you know, that was the whole worry about whenever he did come back was how that whole process would go. Where would he sit? I mean, there's no, there's no luxury box at Cameron or stadium. So, um, but the whole process seemed to go well. And uh, you know, it, you couldn't help, but during the game, when something happened, look down there and see his reaction. I can't imagine that. That has got to be the coolest part. I, I, that's where I wanted to go now. What was that like? Yeah. I mean, a lot of times he, he, he was kind of stoic. He was just kind of, he tried to sit back and act like he was relaxing, and he was, but, you know, you could also tell, like, uh, you know, there's a few things going through his mind. Right. But, uh, you know, he, he has done a great job of, of yielding to John Shire and saying this is his job. I'm not stepping in. Uh, if he wants to talk to me, he knows my number. He goes to my office. But, uh, um, you know, he really Mickey, – Mickey, his wife, was more animated than he sure. was during the game, which is <laughs> natural. She's always been that way. Right. They still very much so wanted the team in blue to get the win. No question. <laughs> yeah. No question. As much as they love Mike Bray. Right. But it was still, you know, Duke had to win the game. And, I uh, love that. That's great. Talking about that game in particular, and this will kind of segue into our next conversation, a player that uh, hasn't gotten the most conversation this season, but a very heralded recruit nonetheless. Uh, Mark Mitchell has a big three-point shot to kind of put that game away for Duke there in the corner. A really productive game in the first half against Louisville earlier in the week. Not known for his offense throughout the season. Heralded for his defensive efforts um, and what he's able to accomplish on that end of the floor. What does Mark Mitchell mean to this team right now? He's really kind of the underrated X factor. Because when he scores, they they win. I think uh, Mm -hmm. my good friend Connor O'Neill from Devils Illustrated shared this stat with a few of us yesterday. He looked it up that when, when Mark scores 10 or more points, Duke is 10 and one. Wow. So, right. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> kind of a big deal. It is. Uh, and so it's not that he has to score. I mean, he, they don't ask him to score 15, 20 points, just contribute, you know, 10, eight or 10. And, and he does enough rebounding. He plays pretty good. On, he's really, really good defender. He can defend a lot of different positions. And uh, he's long arms, quick feet. Um, he's able to do it without fouling quite a bit. So, um, you know, against Syracuse, he was kind of the one that they they put in the middle of that zone. Well, I always thought it would be Filipowski. Uh, but they, they had Filipowski and Lively both kind of down. They had Mark in the middle because he's, he's a good passer as well. So, uh, Or he can hit that little mid-range, mid-range jump shot sometimes. Not a great three-point shooter, but uh, he sure had the confidence on that one against Notre Dame. Yes, I mean, he did. Obviously – Notre Dame left him open for a reason. Right. He's not a great three-point shooter. I get it. But when he got that, when, you know, uh, Jeremy Rush didn't hesitate on that kickout pass, and Mark caught it and in, in one motion. I'm not right-handed. He's left-handed. But in one motion, he shot it with confidence. If you hesitate at all in that situation, it's not going to work. They're going to close out. So that tells you his mindset, that they, he's he's ready to do whatever, whatever it needs. And sometimes it's it's rebounding defense hit a shot, whatever. He seems to be able to do enough, just enough to really help Duke win. It's just it, the ball movement piece of this is, is so important because when the numbers are there, as you said, 
10 and one when he scores 10 plus is great. Uh, Trevor Keels had a stat like that for Duke a season ago when Keels was able uh, to really get going scoring. Duke found themselves uh, in good spots last season, but for a player like Mark Mitchell, when we're relying more so on Roach and Proctor and those guys uh, to set him up in the ball movement piece, that's what's so interesting to me with a player like them is finding a way to be aggressive understanding that the ball's not always going to be in your hands to make those things happen. Right. And being comfortable in that, in right. that uh, role that, uh, you know, the ball may only come to me a few times a game for an open shot, but when it's there, I'm going to hit it. But if it's not, that's fine. I'm going to, I'll keep moving the ball around on offense. It won't get stuck in my hands. Uh, I'll play good defense on the other end, that kind of thing, try to generate some steals, generate some transition baskets that way. Uh, he seems to be, uh, his nickname is easy. I guess that's the nickname he brought from high school or his mom calls him easy or something. So kind of easy going, right? But uh, I mean, there's time to be easy going and there's time to be aggressive, but he doesn't seem to get stressed out by whatever situation he's in. And that can only help Duke going forward. Duke basketball taking on Virginia Tech. Mark Mitchell's play going to be paramount for the Blue Devils. Uh, ball movement is also something that we've been discussing here. And you look at that uh, Louisville game. The bench kind of got cut down. Eight players saw the floor, but all eight of them walk away um, with an assist. Tell me a little bit about that as Duke continues to move forward. They have averaged 19 assists per game during this uh, winning streak, this three-game winning streak. And if you go back to include the the Virginia loss, it's, it's still 17 a game, which is exceptional uh, ball movement. And we've seen a lot more of in the half court, you know, the ball moving around and no dribbles or one dribble, which is what that's really good uh, offense and really good sharing the ball when it doesn't get, stay in anybody's spot very long. It's easier to get ahead of the defense when you're passing than when you're dribbling. So um, it, it's up and down the roster. Uh, everybody seems to be wanting to share the ball and try to get uh, turn a good shot into a great shot, uh, which is what we mentioned with, with Roach driving through that late in that Notre Dame. He's driving through the lane. He could draw a foul or take a shot himself. And Duke's, they're up by two points. They're probably in pretty good shape, but he thought, no, I got my guy Mark over there in the corner for a wide open three that's going to end this game, and uh, and that's 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 what he did. So just a sign of the sh- of the the selfish selflessness and the uh, connectedness they're playing with right now. Duke basketball doing great things, playing really well on this three game winning streak, and looking to see that continue as they get ready for March. One more time out here on the program, and we continue in just a moment. Locked on Blue Devils here today. Thank you so much for always making us your first listen each and every day and first watch on YouTube. If you haven't done so already, please hit that subscribe button to support the show on YouTube. We're available to watch each and every day, continuing to climb towards 1,000 subscribers, and your support means the absolute world. Also, make sure you check out our new podcast this year, Locked On College Basketball with Andy Patton and Isaac Shade. It's everything that you need to know about college hoops in one place. You can hear from big-name experts, insiders, coaches, and players, all that and more. Locked On College Basketball, it's available on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back into the program here today. J.J. Jackson alongside my pal Steve Wiseman from the Raleigh News and Observer. Steve, tell me a little bit about your coverage of Duke basketball, where folks can find all your work. Yeah, um, uh, at uh, the News and Observer website, just newsobserver.com, or the Durham Herald Sun site, which is heraldsun.com. The same stories are at both sites. Um, You know, we're getting ready for uh, 
do some little uh, homestand here, which is yeah. we've had a lot of road trips uh, lately, and it's nice to be home for a little bit here. But these two revenge games, Virginia Tech and NC State, obviously, right? They both suffered losses. NC State was a dramatic 84-60 yeah. loss. So uh, that's that's why I know the guys, you know, obviously they want to get back at that. It's usually been very tough for a team to beat Duke twice in the same year, right? So uh, that's going to be important, and we'll have plenty of coverage of that. And then, of course, leading up to the UNC game next weekend, which uh, at this point probably means more to UNC than Duke because UNC needs to get in the tournament, right? But then again, <laughs> we were in this situation a year ago. UNC had to win, and and it happened. So anyway, uh, that's getting off the subject a little bit. But uh, we'll, we'll have team coverage you know, on our site of, of all, all, all the uh, – happenings around uh, those three games going forward and i had a story up this morning i, I posted about uh, a players only meeting that the blue devils had after the miami loss where they um you know it, 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 jacob grandison said it wasn't a come to jesus meeting which to forgive that uh if it's blasphemous or whatever but uh <laughs> but uh that's the that's the phrasing and it was more of like explain to us why you're here just t- tell everybody why you're here why you're on this team what what do you want to get out of this? And it was just a, a kind of a clearing of the air. So everybody knew where everybody stood and they played four pretty good games since then. Right. I mean, I think that it kind of looks at that and how they've played and, you know, they've, they've played uh, teams at the bottom of the you know Louisville and Notre Dame. So these aren't, you're not beating Miami and Virginia here, but, uh, but they played well against Virginia and they're playing better. So we'll see if this goes forward, but it seems to have made a difference right now. So that's one story people can look at and maybe kind of get some insight on the team. Love that. Love that. Check it all out and follow Steve, of course, on Twitter at Steve Wiseman NC. So it's getting to be our favorite time of the year with March right around the corner. Tournament scenarios are all in play. We mentioned North Carolina, their need for wins coming up here uh, down the stretch. Also, not only in the NCAA tournament picture, but to set yourself up for success in March, you probably want to take care of business in your conference tournament as well, Steve. So uh, standings-wise and taking a look at this Duke team and others across the league to make it a little bit easier for themselves come the ACC tournament. Where do we sit today? What what jumps out to you? Yeah, so Duke's right now, you know, sixth place, uh, which means they would play Wednesday night if it was today. Okay. They play Wednesday night at 9.30. So I'm all for Duke maybe get, get a little higher seed maybe. Not, starting not a little early. earlier, yeah. <laughs> I don't, you know, working until 3 o'clock in the morning isn't great. But anyway – uh, that's the way it goes. But, you know, so they, uh, from, from their point of view, obviously that NC State game is huge. They can, if they can beat them, they have a chance to pass the Wolfpack in the standings uh, and maybe take, you know, set their sights on Clemson, which is kind of not playing as well lately. Uh, and then that's, that's the hope is to get up into that four spot and get the double bye into, into Thursday. So uh, obviously they're going to the NCAA tournament. They've done enough right now to do that. And uh, now it's just a matter of trying to improve the ACC seed as well as, the national seed. But I mean, what jumps out to me also is look where North Carolina is right there. Uh, they're not, they're not out of the question of playing on Tuesday. If they yeah. would, you know, they got Virginia, they got Florida, at Florida state and they have Duke. If they go all three of them, yeah. they could be playing on Tuesday, which who would have thought the number one team in the country playing on Tuesday. So there's a lot going on there. Indeed. Wow. I didn't even think about that dynamic there. But yeah, thinking of the Tar Heels playing on Tuesday at the ACC tournament, that's just something that uh, we're not used to seeing in the history of of that event, for sure. Taking a look at this league, though, uh, Duke and Miami, the only teams in the conference that are unbeaten at home. They've done a great job 
of taking care of the home court. Of course, all these big tournament scenarios will be games played on a neutral site. But Miami, winners of seven in a row. Duke, of course, got the best of them at home. Miami ran away with it, no questions asked there uh, in Coral Gables. Are the Canes the best team this season? Is, is that your pick right now to, to win that tournament? Yeah, it is. And that's because, uh, you know, Virginia, frankly, has not played very well the last couple of weeks. They're, they're always a good defensive team, but their offense has kind of taken a dip. And they, they struggled with Notre Dame. They struggled with Louisville. And then they finally got bit by, by BC, which BC has been good on their home court. BC is a team, real quick, I would not want to see in Greensboro, whoever, whoever I am. They're playing good back. Earl Grant has done a good job with that yeah. team. Eight conference uh, wins this year. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's a that's a long way up from where BC was three or four years ago, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're a tough out. So anyway, that's somebody if if I got if I got matched up with BC, I wouldn't be excited about it if I was in Greensboro. But uh yeah, Miami's the best team. I like what Pitt's done too. I think Virginia's those are the top three. You know, Clemson's kind of on the way down. So there's a chance for NC State or, or Duke to jump up there and get that fourth fourth seed. Always fun time of year and always excited to see what this Duke basketball team can do. For Duke to be productive these last three regular season games, just the one big thing that they need to do. Is it outside shooting? Is it defensive efforts? Is it rebounding the basketball? The one difference maker for Duke in these last three games, Steve, as we wrap up. All year long, they've been a really good offensive rebounding team. So even when they've shot at a lower percentage, which they have quite a bit, they've made up for it with second chance points. So um, I, I think that's that's the most important thing, but that's always been there. So it leads me to say, okay, so maybe it's more jump shooting. Their jump shooting has been better this month. So it's better to hit a jump shot than miss one and rely on the rebound, even though they've <laughs> been good at it. So let's say the jump shooting, like like Dariq Whitehead is showing them, if they can get that aspect of their game going, they'll be they'll be a tough out themselves. Absolutely love it. Steve, thanks so much for the time as always. Appreciate you being on the podcast. Thanks for having me, JJ. That's Steve Wiseman from the Raleigh News and Observer joining us here on today's episode of Locked on Blue Devils. Best of luck to Duke taking on Virginia Tech, 8 p.m. Eastern ESPN. Let's see if Duke can make it four wins in a row and if they can bounce back from their loss in Blacksburg to the Hokies. Always appreciate your support of Locked on Blue Devils. Subscribe on both the podcast platform and on YouTube to watch the show daily each and every day. Follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils. That's going to do it for today's show. As always, go Duke. I'll talk to you on Monday. My name is JJ Jackson. Thank you and good day.